Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Yay! Yay! The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, June 27, 2023. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello there, I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 888 of the Biden-Harris administration, 497 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore ghost, spoutable Bob Seska, and our Patreon page is bobseskashow.com. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. When you say Buzz Burbank. No, not those. You said it all. <laughs> Right. No, no, no! I need, I need the jokes from the box where I keep my pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, those. Thank you, thank you. All right, I, I think sorry. we're ready to go. Hi. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah, we're right. we're all set. Yep. Pants and all. Uh, <laughs> he is, of course, Bob. I am Buzz, and we were headed for Moscow, but we thought better of it. <laughs> Turned right around, didn't we? Uh, a rough weekend for Vladimir Putin, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he he's lost control. Mm-hmm. He he's lost his power. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Putin's been getting leadership tips from Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> you know what? He can keep doing it. I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And you know who else is scared? Who's that? Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Ah. Uh, afraid of dying in prison. Yeah. Uh, word is Rudy has started drinking heavily. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, wait, I forgot. Uh, that's because it's Tuesday. I... <laughs> uh, presidential not-so-hopeful Ron DeSantis yeah. says that if elected, he would pick Supreme Court justices just like Sam Alito and Clarence Thomas. Right. Well, sure, think of all the kickbacks. <laughs> Uh, and this was this was shocking. Yeah. In a in a surprise move, uh-huh. Republicans are now backing a ban on children's story hours, hosted by Marjorie Taylor Greene. I didn't. <laughs> I had no idea. I I support this. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the always doughy Elon Musk from Twitter, <laughs> and uh, the pasty Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Uh-huh. They they've challenged these two guys have challenged each other to a cage fight. Oh God. Here, here's what I know. Putting them in a cage is a good start. <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh, this week, a young man in Winter Spring, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, got bitten by an alligator while swimming in a lake. Ow. Uh, he's going to be fine, mm-hmm. and he says he's not going to let this stop him from swimming in that lake. <laughs> but he also says he's going to keep voting Republican. Here we go. Here's my story about Vladdy Poo. 
to Ukraine but had to scoot. His big ambitions, they ran aground. And now he's getting run out of town. Putin's got a runaway coup. Yeah, Zelensky and his people wipe that smile off his face. Putin with his crimes against the human race. And now we're gonna see him cry. Rocky Mountain Mike Trio. Yeah. That's right. Rocky MNT and Mike on Twitter. You know, my favorite part of that is Mike uses uh, George W. Bush's old nickname for Vladimir Putin. You remember what that was? Pooty Poot. Pooty sure. Poot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can you imagine? Bush said that. That's true. Yeah. He, he looked yeah. into his eyes and saw his soul and then started calling him Pooty Poot. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Lots to talk about. But first, oh my Including God, yeah. we should alert everybody. Uh, you've got pneumonia. Is that true? Well, well, see, I thought I'd done a pretty good job of hiding it so far. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I have what they call walking pneumonia. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why they call it that because they can't walk very far. Right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And ever since I got back from the trip, and you know, I've been tested. It's not COVID. Yeah. Uh, but it is. It's been diagnosed as pneumonia, and I've had the scans and I've taken the antibiotics and all that. So. Theoretically, uh, uh, I'm I'm on the mend. However, I haven't really been sleeping, so I could be punchy uh, today's show. Oh, but I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna miss it no matter what. But I yeah. thought, well, you know, punchy that's sometimes good. So yeah, we'll try to make the best of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to punchy buzz for the <laughs> show today. Perfect. Yeah. Just I, I feel bad for you because that's miserable. I mean, pneumonia. Yeah. It's chest pain, and obviously uh-huh. and, you're not getting a lot of sleep. All over body aches. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's all of those things. I'm okay. I'm kind of okay for the moment. You yeah. know, but uh, we'll, we'll, I know what's going to happen is I'm going to collapse in a heap at the end of the show. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be fine. Sleep for four days. That's maybe right. helpful, actually, to recover, right? Yeah, if uh, I could, yeah. Is there anything that you can take to relieve that chest pain and discomfort? Well, yes. I stockpile uh, prescription painkillers uh, for, <laughs> oh, no. for just such occasions. And I see. So, yeah, I'm also hopped up on on uh, the goofball, so you know it, it, this could go any number of directions today. So stick oh, around for the fun, kids. The buzzes on goofballs. That's right. Get ready. Turn up your podcast players. This is going to be an interesting one. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, speaking of interesting ones, David Ferguson, yeah. our own T Rex, was on yeah. with Jody Hamilton. Jody Hamilton's filling in for Stephanie Miller on right, uh, right. on Stephanie's show this week, mm-hmm. and David was on with Jody yesterday. Right. He did not disappoint. I think they had to dump him 
three times for saying the F word I'm on sure. the air. I'm sure. Which is, he's, yes. He's, he's what we call incorrigible. <laughs> and then Jody made this sound. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, my God. Well, he was so funny, though. It was Good. worth well, there you go. Chris having to crawl under the console to hit that dump button several times. <laughs> So congratulations. He's always worth David. he's yeah. David's always worth the price of admission. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, as you heard Rocky Mountain Mike singing, there was a thing that happened in Russia and it happened after we finished our after party on Friday. You know, it, it, things happen. Well, They're going to happen yeah. after we finish our show. That's, That's right. sometimes going to happen. Right. And and the thing still hasn't come into focus yet, so yeah. I don't know what you would have said about it had it happened before the show. Right. Uh, this this is and and for all we know and and what we what anybody knows is limited here. Mm-hmm. For all we know, this is still unfolding. Yeah. And by the way, calling it a thing is a correct foreign policy term. Yes. Yeah. Michael <laughs> McFall that. says that all the time. Yes, yeah. he does. I learned that in international relations in college. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But this was uh, a kind of a touch and go situation throughout Saturday. And I was desperately, as I was at my brother's birthday party, I was desperately trying to follow what was happening in the news, but it was so opaque. There was no real way of knowing for sure what was going on inside Russia. You're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hate to keep beating this horse, but if only... Elon Musk hadn't screwed around with the blue check system on Twitter, we would have more or we would have had more reliable information coming out of Russia rather than paid Twitter blue uh, Russian propagandists right flooding the zone with bullshit throughout the course of the weekend. Right. Well, fortunately our national security folks don't pay a lot of attention to that and they kind of know yeah. which parts of that to listen to and which parts to ignore fortunately. Yeah, but in terms of the rest of us following along it was uh, a little bit more difficult to know what right. was real and what wasn't real. Right. And so where are we right now? I mean, I, the last I heard is that there was a negotiated settlement or something between well, Putin see, and Prigozhin where he's got to go to Belarus, and uh, <laughs> I don't know the, what his the, long-term prognosis is going to be, but right. Yeah. The the answer to uh, where are we now is this is the most opaque part of all. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain things we know we can we can gather out of this. Uh, first of all, clearly Putin is not as much in control as he thought. Yeah. He has about as I said about as much control over Russia as McCarthy has over the House. Here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's chaos and uh, and uh, subject to attack and uh, uh, mutiny by the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene or this Prigozhin fella. Hey, you know, it's interesting, and I picked up a, a few f- little factoids about this along the way. Yeah, uh, Putin and uh, uh, Prigozhin met in uh, St. Petersburg yeah. when Putin was the mayor of St. Petersburg. That's all he was. He was just a town mayor of Saint, uh-huh. uh, in St. Petersburg. A big town, big city. But he was the mayor. And uh, Prigozhin was selling hot dogs on the street. <laughs> and wow. and his business of selling hot dogs on the street followed uh, uh, short stints in jail and or prison for breaking into people's homes and stealing things. <laughs> this is his background. <laughs> Jesus. But So, of course, naturally, yeah. they became fast friends. Oh, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and the, so the mayor and the hot dog salesman became uh, fast friends. And uh, this guy was eventually known as Putin's chef. You may remember oh, references yeah, yeah. to Putin's chef. Well, this is the guy. This All is right. the chef. And he cooked up a little something over the weekend. And and nobody really knows uh, 
you know, why did he back off? We don't know. We know that that Putin uh, left the Kremlin, fled the Kremlin. Now, he may yeah. not have gone far. He may have gone to a compound just outside of town. But in any event, they got within uh, the the uh, mutinous mercenaries, which, by the way, was the name of our college band. <laughs> uh, they, they got within 150 miles of, uh. of the Kremlin. And so Putin skedaddled out of there, and it was at that point that the guy turns uh, heels and runs. And so now he's uh, – this is where the idiot dictator in Belarus comes in and says, oh, I got a peace plan. Well, you know, this is the guy you want to listen to, right? Yeah, yeah. He has a peace plan, and it involves Prigozhin going to Belarus. But we don't know what happened to all the fighters. I'm hearing that their uh, fighting equipment, their their weapons and the tanks, is all being turned back over to the Russian military. But where are all the men? Where have they gone to? Uh, well, the, did they go to Belarus too? Are they still yeah. in Russia? Are they back in Ukraine? We don't know, you know. And so mm -hmm. uh, it is very opaque, and yeah. uh, uh, there's a lot we don't know right now. What we know is Putin is greatly weakened. And uh, vulnerable right now. He's trying to assert himself, like McCarthy does, you know. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, you know, we'll see if it works. But uh, this is uh, some of the biggest upset we've seen in Russia, I'm sure, since 1991. But maybe even more historical than that. Yeah, I've seen several points of view on this thing. One of them is that Prigozhin suddenly got panicked, thinking, oh, my God, this is way too easy. Something's up with that. You know, right. if things right. go too well, you kind of suspect a trap. And so maybe he, that's why he turned around. I don't he know. He told his men, he told his men were turning back to avoid bloodshed. Now, he didn't okay. say whose blood, you know. Uh, so, well, again, there's a lot of opacity to this. Yeah, it seems like if you're concerned about bloodshed, don't start marching your army toward Moscow. Maybe that would have been a consideration at the very beginning of the thing. You know what I mean? Pretty ballsy, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's this other analysis that I saw uh, posted on Twitter by this guy, Igor Sushko. And take this with a grain of salt. Everything that we know coming out of Russia or even Ukraine, for that matter, should be taken with a grain of salt. But this, I think this could be a possibility because it is based on something that actually happened. So Prigozhin, this is the tweet this guy wrote. Prigozhin capturing the Vrana's 45 nuclear storage facility in Russia may be part of the key to the lock that can help explain his decision to suddenly and bizarrely end the coup which was succeeding spectacularly. Mm -hmm. I, to be. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out, this guy writes, how Prigozhin can guarantee his own survival after this. This may be it. Moscow may never have been his final destination. Vornezh 45, I think that's how you pronounce it, that was sure. perhaps his destination, that nuclear storage facility. Um, Once he got the nukes, he ended the operations because all objectives were achieved. That's a theory, and it's the scariest theory. Yeah, well, <laughs> and theories, nukes. theories are all we have because yeah. it is uh, it's, uh, behind the Iron Curtain, as we used to say. There's really no right. way of telling what's right. going on there. As I said before, who knows how long Prigozhin will survive, if at all, if there's going to be polonium in his future, a date yeah. with an open window from a high-rise building, perhaps. Uh, there are any number of things that can go on here. I'm never going to sit here and claim that I'm an expert when it comes to 
Russia's internal affairs, especially when we're talking about a situation where it's just uh, six of one, half dozen of another when it comes to picking and choosing what information you want to believe. There's really only so much we can know, at least right now. But what I think we can draw from this is Putin's in trouble. Russia's in trouble. It's all very tenuous. Uh, Maybe he will re-seize control, but I don't know that he can ever have the credibility of power that he had prior to this uprising. Yeah, well, he's certainly weakened because I yeah. think the uh, like the big headline of this, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> uh, Jeez, I've got it. it's contagious, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, I think the big headline in all of this is that, yeah, it was really damn easy for Pogosian to march into Rostov. And, and so in that regard, Putin, just by the very progress of Prigozhin, the unimpeded progress, that shows mm-hmm. an extraordinarily weak Putin. The other question mark in all of this is, what does this mean for Ukraine? What will happen now? Well, I know that Ukraine is uh, using this opportunity to press even harder on the offensive that they had already launched. Yeah. Uh, they feel like they have an opening here. And, you know, equipment is in chaos. Uh, the uh, mercenaries are no longer at the, the sides of Putin's soldiers, uh, so far as we know. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I think this could be certainly a military or strategic advantage for Ukraine, but uh, beyond that, it's it's just you know, and it seems like a cop out answer, but we really can't know. Yeah, uh, exactly, and that's where, as I was saying, a, a more robust <laughs> Twitter platform might have been a little bit helpful as far as knowing something on the ground from people who are there who are reliable. And one of the things that I posted uh, Saturday morning when this news uh, first came down was that Russian propagandists are buying up all these Twitter blue accounts. And this not only speaks for how we're learning about what's going on inside Russia, which could involve our own national security concerns, of course, and the national security concerns of other NATO nations. Mm -hmm. But also in terms of what our elections are going to look like in 2024, given the fact that Russia is rewiring itself into the Twitter propaganda machine. Unimpeded, by the way. So this raises all kinds of additional concerns, not just limited to Russia and this attempted coup. I, I, I don't even know if the right wing in this country needs Russia's help anymore. They're doing yeah. a fine job of misinformation on their own. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how big a factor this will be. I will say that, uh, and, and I know you're planning on mentioning this, but the Supreme Court today made a yeah. major decision that really helps secure our 2024 elections here in the U.S., at least from the kinds of uh, coup attempts that we saw in 2020. Yeah, let's talk about that. The Supreme Court rejected the Republican argument in North Carolina that could have transformed United States elections. The just, Terribly. Yeah. yeah, it was a 6-3 to three vote. Uh, which upheld a decision by North Carolina's top court that struck down a congressional districting plan as excessively partisan under the law. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the court that state courts retain the authority to apply state constitutional restraints when legislatures act under the power conferred upon them by the elections clause. But federal courts must not abandon their own duty to exercise judicial review. So what this does essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it puts a check on legislatures in terms of 
how they're able to oversee elections. Well, this this puts a stop to the lie that Donald Trump was saying yeah. and, and others that uh, states get to decide uh, the outcome of federal elections that occur within their borders. And the Supreme Court very clearly said today, no, no, they don't. Yeah. States don't get to make the rules for federal elections. This has been a point of contention between uh, the Red Hats and uh, sane people. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the sane people have argued, no, you can't have states overturning uh, national election results in mm -hmm. their state. You know, if they want to monkey with their own stuff, fine, but they can't screw with a national election. And, uh, you know, and you hear, I heard all the arguments about states' rights and all that kind of stuff. No, the, the very simple ruling. States cannot make the rules for federal elections that occur within their borders, period. Yeah. That's yeah. the bottom line on today's ruling. And it's huge because it's the kind of thing states were attempting in 20 and uh, could have been expected to to do again, maybe in a bigger way, in 24. Well, now that's off. That that scam, that plan is off. Yes, and that's unequivocally great news. Yes. Because, yeah, it was something that was uh, supcharged with the aim of helping Donald Trump next time around. Sure. Or, help, sure. helping or any Republican candidate. Yeah, exactly. Any fascist, yeah. Right, right. But it was one of those things where they were ass-kissing with Trump as far as trying to... Initially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying to play around I, with his uh, big lie. Uh, I, I, could, I, I could see this even being used for or with DeSantis as well. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Trump-based, but it certainly uh, could have headed that way as well if that's the way things are headed. This, this just... That's one less thing, one big less thing we have to worry about in 24. So breathe a sigh of relief because... Ah, if, I, if only I could. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the thing is that this is not happening in isolation. There are several other rulings from the Supreme Court that are striking down this heavily partisan gerrymandering and creating yes. more uh, black majority districts in yes. many of these red states. And that is phenomenal news. It is. And I've had people asking and speculating, what's going on with the Supreme Court? Why are they, uh, they've had like three uh, liberal-leaning rulings in a row from this Supreme Court. What? Yeah. And the only thing I can think of, Bob, and what I'm telling other people, uh, my theory is, is that they know these corrupt justices know what a microscope they are under right now, and the last thing they want to do is stir the nest. Yeah. Now, I heard as recently as yesterday that, okay, well, they got their two liberal rulings out of the way. What we can expect from the court now is a whole slew of really terrible conservative rulings. Yeah. And I thought the first one was going to be this one about yeah. the st state's interference in elections. And darned if they didn't uh, go the liberal way on this, too. So uh, is this a PR campaign by the Supreme Court? Please don't hate us. Please don't put us in prison, uh, we'll give you some decisions that will make you happy, uh, or or is this uh, set up before the fall where they're giving us some uh, decisions that make us happy only to turn around and, and give us crappy decisions? I, you know, I don't know what's up with these clowns right now. But uh, something is very interesting here. Yeah, it's not a bad analysis. It's possible that uh, John Roberts wants to make some reasonable decisions, wants to issue some right. reasonable decisions in all of this to reestablish some form of credibility. It may not right. be necessarily that, oh, we want the liberals to not hate us anymore. Right. It's more along the lines of, okay, we got to do the right thing here. I mean, this is quite obvious. Right. We're not right. going to 
pump more fuel into this Republican power grab, this minority rule power grab that the Republicans are attempting based on Donald Trump's big lie nonsense. So that's why you get this on the heels of the decision in Alabama and the district maps there and how they unfairly diluted black voters' rights. The court also ordered that Louisiana must also draw new maps. So it's an incredible thing to observe, especially given our level of pessimism right now with regard to the Supreme Court, not just in terms of its scandals and what's happening behind the scenes, but in terms of what kind of decisions we're getting out of a six to three court. Yeah, yeah, it is most of the time. But these latest rulings have been six to three, at least this most recent one on state elections. And so, yeah, I think they're trying to cover their asses here is what I think they're trying to do. Right, right. I'm sorry. I never thought I'd say this in my lifetime, but I stand with those who say this is an illegitimate Supreme Court. Uh, Look at the way the appointments went down and the appointments Mm -hmm. that didn't go down. And uh, the fact that, and and this is why we have to overwhelm at the ballot box. This is why Democrats can't just win. We got to win big. And and the reason for that is, is we need the kinds of majorities in Congress Mm -hmm. that can uh, allow us to expand the Supreme Court. There were nine districts. That's why we had nine justices. Now there are 13 districts. We should have 13 justices. This would be the perfect opportunity to do that if we get the votes in Congress. And the only way to do that is for everybody to vote and to vote down far enough down ballot at least to uh, to correct this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's got to be a major priority as far as right. winning more elections go. Because one of the things the Republicans have been doing all this time is gearing up, preparing for, and achieving where the Supreme Court is right now. Not Mm -hmm. to mention all these uh, district-level courts. See also what we're going to talk about later with regard to Judge Cannon, Eileen Cannon, for example. Mm -hmm. This is a consequence of Democrats coming up short when it comes uh, to presidential elections. It's not just about who's sitting in the Oval Office. It's who that person is going to appoint. And so that's got to be one of our priorities moving forward. We have to make a concerted effort to make sure that we all know that if we start screwing around with our elections by paying too much attention to and giving too much air to RFK Jr. or Marianne yes, Williamson or No there, Labels yeah. or the usual yeah. suspects, right? Well, then we're I, we're asking for trouble when it comes to the future of the court. I I don't know if it'll drive people crazy or not, but this is a message I think we should repeat every show until the 24 election, and yeah. that is that our biggest enemy are those who don't vote, uh-huh. and our second biggest enemy are those who vote third party. Yeah, because those lack of votes and those third party votes help the Republican, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever it turns out to be, uh, we've got to participate. And and again, as as I said before the last election, and I I didn't really get my my wish, I mean, it turned out well, but we're not voting in the kind of overwhelming numbers we need to really get improvements made. Uh, And and that's we we really got to pour it on. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and with regard to RFK Jr., let's go back to him for just a second before we take a break, because uh, he is doing something that is quite sinister and cynical. He is lying to his own supporters. Mm -hmm. He's giving them the impression that primary challengers routinely should get debates with the incumbent sitting president who's running for re-election. That never happens. It is not 
a thing. Primary challengers do not get to debate the incumbent running for re-election. It has never happened. It should never happen. That's not the way things work. And what he's doing is he's making it seem as though, oh, yeah, it's totally a possibility. So that, when the, it, the, so that when it obviously doesn't happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's going to get pissed off and resent Joe exactly. Biden, resent the Democratic Party. So it's like this shotgun blast that not, not only attacks Joe Biden, but it also attacks the broader Democratic Party. And it's, he has supporters that he's working uh, this idea into yeah. are not going to be just disappointed. They're going to be angry disappointed. Yeah. And, and they, like you said, they will take that out on uh, the establishment and Joe Biden and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, uh, this is intentional chaos sowing. Yeah. And it's done. And all of this is funded by dark money from Trump supporters. Yeah. This is a Trump campaign. RFK Jr.'s Democratic campaign for uh, president is a completely supported by MAGA. Yeah, you know what it is, Buzz? It's RFK Jr. promising his supporters that they will get a jetpack made of beef. Every single right. one of them is going to get a jetpack made of beef. And, and, and that they should be mad if they don't. Exactly right. And we all know that there's no such thing as jetpacks made of beef. And if they don't get their jetpack made of beef, they're going to be pissed off and they're going to take it out on the Democratic Party. It is so damaging. What RFK Jr. is doing right now, not just from a anti-vax propaganda point of view, that's Mm -hmm. another issue and also pretty serious. But this one is from a democracy and electoral point of view. He is doing significant damage here. And we've seen that happen in the past. Oh, yeah. That's the goal. Right, right. We've seen that in the past during other primaries, but this may be one of the first times where it's really happened during an incumbent re-election campaign. I guess we have to go back to, I don't know, 1980 uh, and and see Teddy Kennedy jumping in against uh, Jimmy Carter. But I don't know that Teddy Kennedy was doing any pie-in-the-sky promises then either, uh, at least the way RFK Jr. is doing them now. And so it's yeah he was really just trying to yeah. he was just trying to wedge in it wasn't uh, disinformation based yeah. the way the RFK Jr campaign is which again is completely backed by MAGA yeah absolutely financially yeah so be extraordinarily careful with these political tourists because what they're yes. doing is inherently deceptive and duplicitous and seizing upon the naivete of perhaps first-time political participants who might say, oh, you know what, I hate getting uh, shots. I don't like having injections because I'm afraid of needles and this guy is the anti-vax guy and he's going to save me from the needles. So hmm, maybe we'll support him. And then you're getting your head pumped with all of these false promises about Debates and how primary challengers against incumbent presidents have a chance in hell, which they don't. So there you go. We're doing it again. This seems so much worse to me. Yeah, uh, because it's Republican backed. It's MAGA backed. It's mm-hmm. it's dark money uh, from the the far right is supporting this extremely damaging campaign that is damaging not just by accident but on purpose all right well more to come here on today's show we got to talk about this bedminster tape this is huge news we're going to talk about that right out of the next break yeah plus i've got this uh tape of uh james comey uh, the great joy reed one of my favorite people in the entire world joy reed uh, a must follow on all of the social media platforms including instagram and i was looking at her instagram the other day and she posted this video of James Comey talking about Trump supporters 
And say what you will about James Comey. I have I my will. intense criticisms of him, as, as yep. we all do. But this was an interesting insight into why a lot of these people, I'm talking about Red Hats, will never let go of Donald Trump. They'll yeah. never walk away from him because well, it's, because it's some, a reflection on them. Right. Yeah. And some won't. But honestly, his support is dwindling and yeah. uh, it will shrink down to a number that once we reach that number, those people will never let go. Right. But we are seeing we are skimming some off the top. And that's yeah. a good thing. And I know you're about to go to break. And this is just a, a tiny bit off topic, but worth mentioning. Sure. Remember, I had this uh, theory uh, during COVID that uh, Trump was on steroids, and uh, because that's one of the ways you treat a, a respiratory disease if it's yeah. severe, and uh, uh, that it made him think he was like Superman. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm taking steroids, and I think that's what's getting me through today's show. <laughs> You know what? I don't disagree with you. I mean, not about you, but about Trump. Right, right, right. right. I, I absolutely think that Trump is on something that we don't know about that causes uh, mood swings and unchecked rage on certain occasions. Right, yeah. There's something else going on that we may never know about with him. Right. And that well, could I'm, be, I'm, that could be part I'm getting of a little taste of that myself today. So. <laughs> okay, well, good, good. I'm glad that we're at least using it for good. Powering <laughs> through. Talk about That's that. right. Yeah, and by the way, on the uh, Shadow Docker, we're going to talk about the Lance Armstrong thing. Speaking of steroids, okay. yeah, we're going to get into yeah. that. I don't know if you're aware of that, but he weighed in on trans athletes. and Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. He should have sat this one out. <laughs> it's not the wrong guy to be talking about that. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that on the Shadow Docket on the Patreon page, right. uh, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. And speaking of that, if you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska Show on Apple Podcasts and so forth, you're only hearing the first hour or so of the show, there's an extra 20 minutes of podcasting that happens after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. And it's all happening on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show or simply bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode, and I mean that literally. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. They're only going to cost you $5 per month. That's it. And you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast in the process. That makes us all feel good. So don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends, and we thank you. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
little song All I ever hear about is the madness in this world I can't keep all that darkness from my door I just need a good night's sleep Yeah, this is the great Katura, all good one of our new favorites here on the show. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna turn the radio up real and as yeah. you may have noticed, there's a song called Radio. I love songs about radio, don't you, Buzz? You know, I think if you're a recording artist and you want to get played on the radio, or at least back in the day this was the case, all you had to do was sing about radio and you'd get played. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're so easily led, we DJs, you know. Yeah. Uh, she said, radio, let's play it. That's right. Yeah, it's, but, this, <laughs> but fortunately, this is an amazing song about radio. This is actually really good. Katara Allgood, one of the great vocalists, one of the great singer-songwriters that we've uh, yeah. been privileged to play here on the show. So All good by me. What's yeah. not to like about this? It's great. <laughs> exactly. Go to bobseska.com. Find this episode of Dated 62723. Click on that link. Scroll on down. You'll find links to support Katara Allgood to download radio into your record collection starting Friday. The song is not out yet. It drops on Friday, the 30th, on all the podcast, or not the podcast platforms. No, the music Duh. Platform. Yeah, all the music platforms, which are also the podcast platforms. They're, they're kind of would, the same platforms. Would, but, you, would you like some of my pills? <laughs> I think I need them. <laughs> Hand over some of those steroids, man. I got an IV drip here. I need that, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, vacation starts uh, on Friday yeah. after the after yeah. party. That's when uh, I go on vacation. We all go on vacation for a, a couple of weeks, and I desperately need it, <laughs> so, as Bob, you can tell today. I'm, I'm not going to reveal anything except that Bob had a self-deprecating thought recently, yeah. sort of self-deprecating. It's as specific as I want to get. <laughs> and and I had to tell him today, are you crazy? <laughs> because uh, you know, and and what it really is 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 the young man needs a break. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. You know, we're all going to be better off for this. Yes, and some uh, great news here for those yeah. of you who are uh, subscribed to or listening to the Trek Politics podcast with yeah. Mary Trump and me. Uh, we just interviewed yesterday Captain Liam Shaw from the USS Titan A in Picard season three. The great Todd Stashwick. Also from 12 Monkeys. This Holy guy, crap, was he good. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this guy's been a badass since he was in, like, uh, the sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you think? And and, and he's, he's played good characters. He's very good at playing uh, uh, evil characters. Yeah. He was a little bit of both. Uh, in, in Star Trek, uh, in, in uh, Picard Season 3, uh, there were things to hate about him for a while, and then there were things to like about him very much for a while. Yeah. And uh, so he's he's proven that he can manage that as well. I'm just now watching 12 Monkeys. Uh, this guy kicks ass. I'm yeah. a huge uh, Stashwick fan. Let me just ask you, without any spoilers, uh -huh. how did it go? It, it, was it a good interview? Oh, my God, it was amazing. Of course, Todd Stashwick uh, used to be with Second City, so he's ah. an improv player. He's an improv performer, and you can kind of tell that in the, all the shows and things that he's been in, that he's got that gift. He's got that mm -hmm. spark for being able to think fast on his feet and be entertaining and engaging makes, and conversational. Makes yeah. a great interview. Letterman used to always say, uh, when you come on a talk show, bring something with you. Don't just <laughs> right. show up and sit there like a lump. And, and I've seen Harrison Ford, who I love dearly as an 
actor. Yeah. I've seen him show up as a lump. And uh, you don't have to do that. You know, you bring something. Like, if you're invited to dinner, you bring a bottle of wine or you bring flowers. Mm. If you're invited on a talk show, bring stories, bring jokes, bring something. Don't yeah. just show up and be a lump. And, and uh, you get a guy like this, and you're guaranteed a good guest and a good interview. Oh, yeah. One of the questions I asked him at the very end of the podcast, I'm not going to reveal his answer, but right. there was a scene in Picard season three where uh, Captain Shaw is talking with Seven of Nine and he's describing to her how the changelings, how the Dominion regenerate themselves okay. by going back to liquid form and resting in a pot. And mm -hmm. Seven of Nine says, pot, you mean like cannabis? And Captain Shaw goes, Sadly, no. And which made me think that kind of my pot radar went off at that point. And so I asked Todd Stashwick on the show yesterday, Ooh, can't wait to hear is it. Captain Shaw a stoner? Does he partake? And so you're going to have to listen to the show to find and, out. And, and was that in the script or was it ad lib? I, I'm eager to hear the show. I'm eager to hear the interview. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So many I'll insights bet. and detail. We talked about uh, well, nerd culture and toxic fandom. And we talked about getting to the Star Trek future and just all points in between. And the great thing about Todd, one of the many great things about Todd Stashwick, is he's from the same planet I'm from, the nerd planet. So when you watch the video version, version of it, That's which will I go hear, up. Yeah. I don't know when the video versions are going to start getting posted, but we're eventually going to put video versions of the podcast up on YouTube. When That's... you do, you'll see where he was when he was on the show and it was in his nerd lair. Right. And it's like, I want to sneak into his house and like live in his crawl space above his garage, like Fonzie from now on, he's, because it's so he, cool. He's a huge nerd. Uh, yeah. Terry Metalis is a huge nerd. <laughs> yeah. And uh, between them, this explains the wrinkled look on Jerry Ryan's face uh, at that, <laughs> yeah. at that uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Game. Right, right. Which yeah. I said to Jerry when she was on the show last week, I said, I can't tell you a number of times I've been talking about Star Trek to Kimberly or someone else, and mm -hmm. I get that look back. That right, look yeah. that was on her face in that photograph of her playing D&D. &D. <laughs> that became a yeah. meme. And, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I got to tell you, this series, this entire series has been great. And, and to hear from these three people just for starters, and I know you've got much more to come, uh, this is great. I mean, this is, you don't have, I will say this, you don't have to be a nerd uh, to, to enjoy this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the inside the show business stuff, the inside, uh, the, the behind the scenes stories, mm -hmm. uh, it, it just fascinates me. I, I'm, I'm loving the series, Bob. Congratulations. Yeah, if you're into actors, if you're into yeah, filmmaking, yeah. it's also right. very informative in that way and insightful. Right. Uh, and I, I just want to add one last thing here before we move on. Mm -hmm. Mary Trump. Uh, let me just say once again how incredible Mary Trump is as a quality human being. Not, I yeah, mean, just set aside how smart she is and how insightful she is. Also true. And, and how much she has contributed to the discourse, especially mm -hmm. over the last seven years. But on top of that, just such a sweet, kind, outgoing, uh, down generous, down-to-earth yeah. woman. And I, I'm just, I'm, I feel so privileged uh, to, to be her we friend and to be doing this show with her. I, I can't say enough uh, great things mention. about it. What you see with Mary Trump is what you get. What you right. see on Lawrence O'Donnell is the same Mary Trump that you see off the air. And that is so rare. 
a, a, a seldom thing that'll happen with people who have a public profile. So well, it's a it's yeah. a gift for us all. That, it, I'll exactly. Say that. Yeah. yeah. Right on. So uh, speaking of the name Trump, we've got this tape from Bedminster. CNN oh dropped this tape. And we're going to listen to it, pick it apart here. There are several revelatory lines that <laughs> I think heretofore we were unaware of. Yes, that's correct. So, some of the lines were quoted in the uh, 37 uh, in uh, the 37 indictments yeah. uh, against Trump. Some of the lines were quoted, and not all of them were. And we're hearing things in this. That really, I mean, if you didn't think the case was sealed before, and I say this every time something new comes out, if you didn't think the case was sealed before, it sure is now. And that's yeah. definitely the case with this tape. Well, I hope that's the case with the witness list. The witness yeah, list. Uh, because, we can talk about that too, yeah. Yeah, Judge Eileen Cannon made a terrible decision with regard to the witnesses, but we're going to come back maybe, to maybe that. Well, I, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear you talk me down on this okay. because I was alarmed when I heard this news. I mean, but, yeah. I would expect, I would default, I would expect her to make a, a dumb decision, okay. but I, I'm hearing arguments that she may have very well been right about this, and I can tell you why. Okay, well, let's start with this Bedminster tape. Sure. In case you haven't heard it yet, uh, here oh, we go. Yeah. Even if you have, it's, uh, it's worth hearing again. Yeah, this is historic. This is like the Nixon tapes uh, surrounding mm -hmm. Watergate. That's where this is. So here we Only go. better recordings. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> quality. I was amazed at the quality of the recording. Oh, my God, it sounds great. It sounds like it's right here in the room with us. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know. Against you. That's well, it started right at the like beginning. When okay, there's like there's an ass kisser in the room, a staff. Oh yeah. Who's, oh yeah. Yeah. Who's just? Oh my God. Well, pucker up, whoever that we, is. We know that there's a, an author in there who's either it's I've heard mixed reports. He's either documenting the Trump administration or or uh, documenting specifically Mark Meadows' career. Yeah, yeah. Either way, we have an author and the author's publisher are present, and then, I don't know, one or two other people. And bear in mind that these people are eyewitnesses to what Trump is talking about verbally here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a kid. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying oh, to that, overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, is what he said right there. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record. But okay, that's an interesting little statement there. Mm -hmm. Trump is being so honest here because he believes stupidly yeah. That this is never going to get out because he said the words, this is off the record, but. And, and he knew he was being recorded when he said this is off the record. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. What do I keep saying? Trump always makes things worse for Trump. Amen. This was a major miscalculation, even off the record. <laughs> you don't go waving around top secret documents like this. You just don't, especially now that we know what these documents are and what their status was at this point in time in June, or was it June 2021? Incredible. They presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. So he's, he's very clearly showing something and saying this, this here, 
This He's thing. from the Defense Department. Yes, exactly. So his excuse on whatever it was a week ago on Sean Han- or who did newspaper you? Newspaper clipping. Oh yeah, I know. I, it with Brett last 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 yeah. week he was saying it was newspaper clipping. Right. Well, uh, this tape proves that it wasn't newspaper clippings. He yeah. says it was in with a stack of papers, which could have been newspaper clippings. But this this right here, as he says, that's clearly something different. So he obviously lied to Monchichi Brett Bear. This was. Done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Look. Wait a minute. Let's see here. He's showing. Look. Yeah. Look. There's no way he's looking at a newspaper or something else. Right. He's got the war plan. It was all right there. He was handling it. He was showing it around. Yeah. <laughs> I just found. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack, and Hillary would print that out all the time. You know, <laughs> it, email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner, yeah, yeah. the pervert. Oh yeah, he's got some balls to call Anthony Weiner a pervert. Hey, I, I was focused on the lines that he just stated. It's highly confidential. It's secret. Look at this. Yeah. And has there you go. go. Have we heard the part yet where he said these are the papers? I mean, he I actually said think so, but he he, re, he, did, he does some repeating in this. Yeah, there, and also there's some crosstalk. But in the transcript, yes. it says that he says these are the papers. He's talking about the actual top secret documents about this war plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right it's there, it's, it, to me, it's clear and, and unequivocal. And- Okay, but is is that just a sub? You know, somebody was saying, "Well, you know, but you don't know what he was showing." No, we don't. But the other people in the room sure do. And Bingo. if they're called to testify under oath, they are eyewitnesses who can say, "Yes, I saw the red top secret stamp at the top of the page." Right. There could have been photographs taken in the room, maybe just uh, not specifically of those pages, but of the entire scene of what was going on. So there could be other evidence that backs up this tape, and I believe that there is, whether it's witness testimony Mm -hmm. or witness testimony combined with something else. Otherwise, uh, you know, it would be really easy to punch holes through the argument. Screwed, blued, and tattooed, as we say. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Um, By the way, isn't that incredible? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. (laughs) And you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? He said the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Okay, that's where he says these are the papers. This was done by the military and given to me. This. The word this is doing a lot of heavy lifting Mm -hmm, here. This mm -hmm. was done by the military and given to me. Eyewitnesses will straighten that out, but yeah, yeah, this is is another confession. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, I think we can. Probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to Deed-less figure about out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have detlessed. Yeah. Uh, now I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah. Now we have a problem. So this uh, this is now important. This is problem. like the headline of the whole tape, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This indicates that he did not declassify it. And he knew it. And he knew that he did not declassify it when he was president or on his mm-hmm. way out the door on January 20th. He's confessing to the fact that this is just a document that he decided to take without declassifying it whatsoever. And he's confessing to it right here. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, it's so, I'm look, we hear I have, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, I believe it's you. incredible. 
right? No. Hey, bring some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. Yeah, bring some cokes in, please. So that's it. That's the tape. And uh, just uh, digging a bigger hole for himself. And there are eyewitnesses in the room who will confirm that they did see what we think they saw based on the context of this recording. Yeah. This is the this and the witness testimony are, are that's it. They sealed the deal. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, gosh, I don't know where to start here. Uh, it is it is this information. It is the showing of these documents to the other people in that room at the Bedminster course in New Jersey that will lead the New Jersey grand jury to file more felony charges against Trump for disseminating top secret information. Yeah. He's already in trouble for uh, illegally storing it and refusing to give it back and for hiding it, which are violations of the Espionage Act, so you have that case. And now uh, there's enough evidence here, especially with the eyewitness testimony, he could be charged with disseminating top secret. That's another espionage charge. Yeah. And that is what we can expect to come out of the New Jersey grand jury. For those who've been wondering what's going to come out of the New Jersey grand jury, this is it. One of the things I think we do when situations like this come up with Trump is we tend to focus on the fact that Trump did this and we, we argue guilt versus innocence or whatever, the validity of the evidence and so on. I think what we need to add in our public discourse around this, and okay. certainly when it comes to campaigning for 2024, is Donald Trump's lack of patriotism, his absence of patriotism. What he did in Bedminster in 2021 mm -hmm. is such a violation of not only national security, but of American patriotism. You're yeah. endangering American lives, American service members' lives, American diplomatic lives. You're putting all of those people in jeopardy. You are putting your own right. nation in jeopardy. Our, because yeah, our troops into jeopardy, yes. Exactly. All because you are so desperate to save face or you're so desperate to exonerate yourself or from... Make money or impress people. Yeah, yeah. So going after Donald Trump's patriotism has got to be part of this. Yes, he's anti-democratic. Yes, if he gets elected, democracy goes out the window. But here's the thing. We need to also add this layer of employing the word patriotism or unpatriotic specifically. That needs to be a thing in terms of campaigning and attacking Donald Trump, because that's what it is. For too long, Republicans have co-opted that word patriotism yep, yep. And, and practically right. branded it as a Republican thing. I, I was, that's why I still fly an American flag uh, on my house. Yeah. Uh, because I refuse to let the Red Hats co-opt that into becoming their flag. Mm -hmm. It's No, it's my flag, too. F you. Yeah. And I'm going I'm <laughs> to keep flying it. There's nothing you can do to make me stop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, so... Uh, this is another example of that, of them trying to own patriotism or own the flag. Yeah. And uh, that's got to stop. But if, uh, if this works, then I say do it. Okay. So the next thing, and we hinted at this a few minutes ago, but uh, this uh, decision by Judge Cannon mm -hmm. to not put the witness list, the prosecution witness list, under seal. 
My first reaction to this, and I'll just read the uh, the headline here from Hugo Lowell. Uh, U.S. Judge Eileen Cannon denies special counsel request to file 84 potential witnesses in the Trump classified docs case under seal. Mm-hmm. Says the government does not explain why it is necessary and notes media coalition has moved to have it public. Right. So. Uh, news organizations wanted this information, and well. it's information that... I think can be fairly argued that the American public has a right to know. So in that sense, I think Judge Cannon made a correct ruling here. Uh, even our stopped clock is right twice a day, and this may be one of those cases. Or maybe she really did make a good decision. Uh, the prosecution can ask for whatever it wants. It's not going to get everything. Uh, what they, what the prosecution does have, and the reason it really doesn't matter, is because Donald Trump and, and soon Walt Nauta are under orders not to contact any of these 84 people. 84 witnesses, and they can't talk to any of them. And if they do, it's contempt of court, and they go to jail. Yeah. So uh, I don't think there's any real harm here because if uh, one false move and these clowns go to jail, uh, they cannot approach any of these 84 witnesses. So I'm not sure any harm was done here and that perhaps... Uh, whether accidentally or on purpose, uh, the public interest is served by knowing who these 84 people are. So I and I don't think this is, even if you count it as a loss for justice, uh, Justice Department, I don't think it's a big one. I don't think it's worth noting. And I don't think the uh, Department of Justice is that upset about it. They're happy that they have the court order that Trump and Nada cannot talk to any of these 84 people. I, I like to believe that they'll have the restraint to not put themselves in further legal jeopardy by Donald Trump starting to troth about the witnesses by name, etc. They can be jailed for contempt. But just the very idea that the witness list would be public puts those witnesses under threat of some form of intimidation, not necessarily by Trump or Walt Nauta, but Mm -hmm. by these armies of freaks and weirdos and militias and so on who are all orbiting Donald Trump and worshiping him and ready to do whatever they need to do to support him. And so that's my biggest concern, that they're going to start uh, intimidating the family members of the witnesses, the witnesses directly showing up outside their homes, and really applying pressure that way. Somebody might try, but believe me, the Justice Department is keeping an eye on all of this and Mm. uh, watching and may even be providing some level of protection for these 84 witnesses. I I don't don't know. But I mean, of all the battles we could lose, if you consider this a loss, it's a mild one. The bigger issue here is they talk to any of these people, they intimidate any of these people, they go to jail for contempt. Now, yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying about the others, but again, I think there's some level of protective uh, protection or, or watchfulness by DOJ uh, for these people. Uh, this, this also, I think, helps keep things moving forward. Uh, it, it, justice also doesn't want to fight about this yeah. because uh, they want to keep things moving. Um, we talked last week, I, I talked a bit about uh, the various prongs that this investigation could take. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we know about the documents case. Uh, I mentioned dissemination charges now uh, pending in New Jersey in all likelihood. Yeah. Uh, we know we know that Jack Smith has uh, subpoenaed business records. Based on his subpoenas, we know he's investigating the fraud that was committed by uh, lying to supporters, uh, getting them to send money to Trump. Uh, over claims that are false. These mm-hmm. false claims committed by U.S. mail and by by internet mail, by email, uh, a wire fraud. 
and fraud. And these are very serious charges, too. So there's another prong of the investigation, if I may, because a lot of people I don't think know how these investigations are progressing. And I have been watching these extremely closely. And if you don't mind, I've made a few notes about uh, the two other prongs of the investigation and where those stand right now and what's going on. Things people may or may not know about. Do you mind if I share those Abs- with us now? No, no, not at all. Okay. Go ahead. Please do. Uh, here's, and I made some notes. So if you don't mind, I'll just read my notes. Uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith is confident that he can get a quick conviction in the documents case. Mm. Bear, stay with me on this. Yeah. He, he thinks he's going to get this through the, the jury trial very quickly, and that he's going to get a guilty verdict in this documents case very quickly. Uh, We were all a little concerned and a little upset the other day when we learned that uh, he had pushed the start of Trump's documents trial to mid-December. And uh, that was very disappointing because we Mm -hmm. we thought, you know, Judge Cannon, we we knew she was uh, overly optimistic here uh, that she had said August 14th is a date. Uh, Jack Smith knows better, and and here's why. Uh, He pushed the start of the the trial to mid-December, except he did it to give Trump's lawyers time to get security clearances, which, because these documents are so sensitive— it will take up to 60 days for those lawyers to get that clearance. Uh-huh. 45 to 60 days. Jack Smith knows this. Judge Cannon did not. That's why Jack Smith is more realistic to say mid-December. But stay with me on this again. And, and let me repeat that. These documents are so sensitive, it will take that long to secure the attorneys. Wow. There are reports that these the Trump's lawyers will even be shown documents that Trump held that are not even mentioned in the 37 counts against him. Oh, my God. Well, that gets one of these, of course, right? Right? (laughs) That's right. There are top-secret documents here that aren't even mentioned in the indictments, and Mm -hmm. they're going to show those to Trump's lawyers. Don't don't get scared. Don't worry yet. It's uh, great stuff is coming. Yeah. The Intelligence Committee, I'm sorry, the Intelligence, not the committee, the Intelligence Community, uh, meaning our various intelligence agencies, are so supportive of Jack Smith's investigation, they are willing to show the nation's topmost secrets to Trump's lawyers. Why? Because they support the investigation. Mm -hmm. And this trial starting in December, one national security lawyer says he wouldn't be surprised if that trial isn't over by the end of the year. Wait a minute. Is he saying two weeks for this trial? Is Jack Smith so confident of this case that he thinks he can have it in and out of the jury with a guilty verdict in mm-hmm. two weeks? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. This yeah. is just one national security lawyer's opinion. But these these pieces of information that I've shared here, these are just how show just how confident Jack Smith is and how top secret Trump's stolen secrets are. So uh, what we're finding out is this is even more serious than we realized, and uh, we see why, uh, begin to see why Jack Smith is so confident about this. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Now about the, let's talk about the fake elector scheme. We know Jack Jack Smith's already investigating this. This Mm -hmm. is another and a fourth prong of this investigation. Uh, Remember the flurry of grand jury activity just before the documents indictments? Yep. We're now seeing that level of activity in the fake electors case. So <laughs> expect expect shoes to start dropping very quickly in the fake electors case. Uh, 
Jack Smith has already gotten two of Nevada's fake electors to flip in trade for limited immunity. Mm -hmm. He's also gotten the head of Trump's 2020 uh, Director of Election Day Operations. Wow. Uh, Michael, how suspicious is that? Mm -hmm. Why do you need an Election Day Operations Manager? Mm -hmm. Because you're trying to overturn an election, of course. Michael Roman is the guy's name, and according to uh, the evidence, he is the guy who built the fake elector's plan. Uh, Jack Smith has also gotten, and I quote CNN here, a parade of related witnesses for the fake elector's grand jury, and these witnesses have been given no room to delay. They have all been ordered to testify by the end of the month, and today's the 27th. (laughs) This will work. Because six of them have already testified over the last two weeks and two more testified before that. So eight down and however many to go in the parade. Oh, wow. Uh, One of the people who've testified is Michael Roman's deputy director of Election Day operations, Gary Brown, who, according to the evidence, delivered the fake electors to Congress. And he testified he flipped last week. (laughs) And, and these guys potentially, Roman and his deputy, uh, Gary Brown, potentially lead to Rudy Giuliani, acting attorney general Jeffrey Clark, Trump lawyers Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, and Boris Epstein, and they also lead to Trump. Yeah. So out of, this, out of this gang of idiots, to wrap up, out of this gang of idiots, Jenna Ellis seems the most likely to flip of all of them because in March she admitted that she had misrepresented the facts of the 2020 election 10 times. And she made that confession as she was being disciplined by the Colorado judicial system. (laughs) So she's the most vulnerable and therefore the most likely to flip out of that bunch that Uh ties, that ties everybody back to Trump. Yeah. And, uh, but it should also be noticed that noted that it was Boris Epstein who wrote in an email, uh, that they should be called. And I quote, alternate electors rather than fake electors, uh-huh. end quote. Because even they had been referring to them as fake electors before <laughs> all that. And that's what I've learned, and that's where we mm-hmm. are, and I'm going to try to keep everybody up to date on what's going on. Oh, just outstanding. Thank you so much. That was perfect. Yeah. And I want to go back to the December timeline for the documents case. You were mentioning yeah. a national yeah. security attorney. Is that national security attorney Bradley Moss? Uh, Is that the one you're remember. talking about? I don't think it was Bradley Moss, okay. but I don't recall. I didn't. There are so many names in this now. Yeah, that I'm are. trying. I'm trying to generally keep them to a minimum and uh, to avoid confusion. Sure. I'm trying to keep a very complicated story as simple as I can so it's more digestible. Yeah. Well, he's a friend of the show. I've had Bradley on the Wednesday yeah, interview yeah. show. I really admire his point of view on this thing, uh, on all of these legal Trump issues. And so he was talking on, yeah, he was on Lawrence O'Donnell last night, as he typically is, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how uh, the Trump team is going to try to delay this as much as possible. It's not breaking news. We all have kind of been talking about Trump's delaying tactics. But Trump and his team are going to try to delay this with a a whole lot of pretrial motions and objections, and they're going to try to drag their heels to try to stall this until after the 2024 election at the, the very earliest. And so one of the reasons they're doing this is because they know that if this goes to trial, he is going to get convicted. Yeah. That is fait accompli for Donald Trump, and everyone knows it. So the desperation here, the move is going to be delay as much as possible and try to get Eileen Cannon to throw out this entire case. Neither of those things are going to work. 
Exactly. People tell me this all the time. Oh, he's just going to delay. It's right. I, I'm not going to argue with you. You're right. He's sure. going to try yeah. to delay. Mm -hmm. But let me add this. People in hell want ice water. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't mean they're going to get it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that doesn't mean he's going to get the delays. And we have seen in the past, and I believe we will in the future, and a lot of this depends on Eileen Cannon, right? But yep. uh, he can ask for these delays. He can attempt these delays. His lawyers will make all the motions. But uh, the, uh, any judge can deny those on the spot. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully Eileen Cannon will. But uh, they can uh, they could bring her uh, eight motions. Yeah. And she could go denied, denied, denied. Okay, this one is okay. Mm -hmm. Denied, denied. You know, uh, so they're just not going to get the kind of delays. And we've also learned, and this is the Rocket Docket Court, the Southern District of Florida. Yeah. Uh, one of the Rocket Dockets in this country. And uh, Jack Smith is certainly pushing, while uh, Trump's people are pushing to get this until after the election, mm -hmm. Jack Smith is working very hard to get it done before the election yeah. because he knows what's at stake here. And uh, I, we've seen from recent developments and, and recent past developments that uh, you, a lot of these the courts run out of patience. Uh, courts, mm -hmm. even Eileen Cannon, is bound to run out of patience at some point yeah. and say, no, 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 this is all just obviously attempted delays and this is all BS and these motions are denied. And, you know, there's going to come a point where everyone, and perhaps including Eileen Cannon, will tire of these uh, attempts at delays. And at that point, it's not going to work anymore. Just remember, these are the these are the lawyers who Donald Trump could get. These aren't the best yeah, lawyers right. that could defend him in this situation. <laughs> what was it? Was it Cheney, Dick Cheney, who said you you fight with the army you have? I don't remember who said that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Rumsfeld. One, one, yeah, uh, Rumsfeld. Yeah, yeah. You, you you go, go to, to battle war. with the army. Yeah. You go to war with the army you have. Well, uh, you know, he's it, basically he's got uh, the uh, mercenaries uh, took on Russia at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's just the best he could get, and uh, I'm not sure any lawyer is good enough to save Trump. So coming up here in just a second, we've got this tape of James Comey talking about Trump yeah. supporters. And this is, again, thanks to Joy Reid. This is uh, something that I think is valuable, especially for those of us who have MAGA relatives, MAGA mm -hmm. friends, MAGA relatives. And we right. wonder, oh, my God, will these people always be like this? And Comey's got some insight here. And again, say what you will about James Comey. He is and partly responsible for Trump getting elected in the first place. Mm -hmm. But this, think about this as being on a separate track. He's analyzing right. these Trump supporters, and he's got some interesting insights. So we're going to play that tape here in just a second before we wrap up the show. Back with more podcast right hey. after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
feel the pain If you bleed, then show me who to blame In the dark, let me bring the flame Make it lighter for ya, I make it brighter for ya If you're guilty, I'ma feel the shame yeah, this is the great Yona Marie. We're giving this another spin because I love it. It's a song called I'm Still Loyal, as you may have guessed. Yeah, good God. Go to bobseska.com, download this music. All of our independent recording artists. Get them into your record collection here. They should all be winning Emmys, as far as I'm concerned. bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Or even Grammys. Yeah, Grammys. Did I say Emmys? I meant Grammys. You Thank you. You did. But if I perform them on television, you never know. I've got Emmys on the mind right now because I'm pulling for uh, Picard season three to win all the Emmys this year. And I think <laughs> voting, the deadline for voting is either today or tomorrow or something like that, end of the week, possibly. Well, and so that's as, what I've been thinking about. So I've got Emmys on the brain, right? As, as hot and as mainstream as Star Trek has once again, or perhaps become for the first time, I don't think it's ever been this big before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, on a mass appeal basis mm-hmm. uh you know it, it's entirely possible that uh, i'm sure i'm sure there'll be nominations and yeah it would be really nice if there were wins there's certainly some to be deserved okay so uh before we wrap up the show this clip of james comey let's just dive right in uh again this is something that will be valuable th- for those of us who have maga relatives here we go this is uh jim comey talking about trump supporters yeah really two things first never surrender to the idea that there isn't a knowable truth Right. You can like rain. I may I may dislike rain, but it's not raining in this room while you and I are speaking. That's an objective truth. And so don't surrender to the notion that things are unknowable. And second, have some sense of empathy in a way for those people who are trapped in the big lies. It's in some ways impossible for Trump supporters to look at that indictment and accept it because it would require them not just to recognize something about Trump, but maybe more importantly about themselves. Bingo right there. I want to emphasize that real quick and we'll continue. That is so important what he just said. All right. It's a reflection of them. Yeah. Yeah. They they would have to admit they were wrong. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Fooled that they were victims of a fraud. And that's really hard for people to do. But going back to your rain thing, it's not just whether it's raining or it isn't raining. They get to vote for rain. Right. Mm. And they get to vote again for rain. Trump based on what he is now telling them. Sure. And I, I don't doubt the, I'm not an expert, but I don't doubt the poll numbers. I think a significant number of people are trapped in that fog of lies that Trump has drawn them into. And he's mm-hmm. he's not a bright man, but he has a reptilian cleverness. He's, he's onto something when he said long ago that he could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and not lose supporters. Reptilian cleverness. I'm stealing that. You're going to hear me repeat that (laughs) phrase between now and Election Day 2024. Reptilian cleverness. That's so well said (laughs) and so descriptive, so perfect. Because it's too hard for supporters to admit that about themselves. I mean, I've prosecuted fraud cases where the victims came to the sentencing to speak for the fraudster because they couldn't acknowledge that they had been victims, that they were fools. The images of January 6th on the televisions in the United States whisper to those people. They say, you fool, look what you did, you fool. Most people in response to that turn away and memory hole it or write some story that gets it out of their head. So it doesn't surprise me that people would still support him, accept everything he says because they can't get out without 
acknowledging something really painful about themselves. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow, I told you. Amen. That, well said. Yeah, so well said. I, I will never forgive James Comey yeah, for what yeah. he did uh, prior to the 2016 election. I can't. I cannot forgive him for that. Yep. Uh, and yet, uh, he has said some things that are right. It's funny, his... His line, Lordy, I hope there are tapes, yeah. uh, that's become part of our vernacular now. That's yeah. He gets the credit for that. Uh, as I said earlier, even a stopped clock is wrong twice a day. I would say Comey is right eh, maybe a little over half the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this case, he's right. When he's right, he's right. The one thing I'll say in his defense with regard to 2016 is that he was not the only one who underestimated the threat of Donald Trump. There yeah, were true, many true. millions of others who well, underestimated, and I'm not talking well, about people who voted I, for him. I'm talking you, about, yeah. Right, but you and I saw through it. Oh, and yes, so did of course. a lot of other voters. Yes, yeah. that's absolutely true. But there were a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 who regretted it as soon as he became president yeah. and started mm -hmm. doing things. Mm -hmm. And so he, James Comey wasn't the only one. And again, I'm in full agreement with you. A considerable portion of credit for Donald Trump's win in 2016 goes to James Comey. Um, but I think we should take this insight on a different level. I think this needs to be separate because it's accurate. And and nobody's, what he's saying is true. Yeah, nobody's completely good or completely bad. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then the observation that it's a face-saving move by Trump supporters to stay loyal to him. That is so accurate, and we've seen that in so many different ways, namely those of us who spend a lot of time on social media see it all the time. I think one of the most toxic aspects of social media discourse is the fact that people are afraid to admit when they were wrong. Mm -hmm. They're so desperate to save face that they will attach themselves to a wrong opinion and argue endlessly in endless threads on Twitter or Facebook in favor of their wrong opinion because they don't want to be embarrassed by admitting that they were fucking wrong from and, the and, word go. And, and that's a shame. You and I yeah. have talked about the fact that for the sakes of our own credibilities, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes we get things wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. Not very often, to be honest, but, yeah. but it happens. Of course it happens. Yeah. Of course it happens. What we try to do, because I know this because we've discussed it, is we try to go back and correct it immediately as soon mm -hmm. as we know that we've made some kind of error, whether it's a, an error of opinion or, or more likely an error of fact and usually minor. Yeah. Uh, the only way to get people to trust you is not to... Not what we were taught in radio and, and is cover it up and keep going, but but rather to admit it, you know, to mm -hmm. to address it right away, to get out in front of it and say, hey, I screwed up. And and whenever I do that, I and I know it's happened for you, too, people come back and thank Well, thank you for yes. being so honest about that. Thank you for admitting mm -hmm. that you, you had that wrong. And it's a very admirable of you to uh, correct that and put the correct information out there. Yeah. Uh, that's the way to get credibility, to get people to trust you, is to be, it's, here's, here's the earth-shaking news, to get people to trust you, be honest. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's so insightful, Buzz. And I tell you what, the people I see online who get something wrong and then immediately go, ah, fuck, I screwed that up, I got that wrong, and mm -hmm. I deleted the tweet or some sort of mea culpa, just admitting that they got the bit of information wrong. Right. I admire that almost more than anything else on social media 
people mm-hmm. who are able to do that. Because it's not only self-deprecating, it's, as you said, it's inherently honest. Because we all fuck, we're humans. And the longer you spend in the discourse, the greater the chance is that you're going to fuck up a bunch of times. I fuck up all the time. But what I try to do is I try to go in and, and say, okay, look, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because right. I'm sincerely penitent for it. And that yeah, I and think is a valuable of, thing. Yeah. It's a way of saying to people, you can still trust me because yeah. when I'm wrong, I correct it. Yeah, exactly right. So that's uh that's something I think we can all take away from uh the James Comey remarks. On top of uh at least as and I'm right there with everyone else. As frustrating, as ang- as angering as it is sometimes to mm-hmm. deal with former friends who are Trump supporters or family members who are Trump supporters, to to at least on that level, on that person-to-person level, you know, I'm setting aside group versus group, faction versus faction. On a person-to-person level, I think when it comes to loved ones, friends, family, that empathy, I think, is an important step in the process. It may not work. It may not work for everyone. People may be too far gone to respond to any form of empathy. But to at least understand that right. these are people who are embarrassed on the inside, that they were led down a path by a con man to the point where they are afraid to say, oh, fuck. I was led down a path by a con man that has now endangered American democracy. That's a real big uh, admission to be able to present to another family member. So at the very least, to have empathy for that and to know that that may be what's happening under the surface, I think may get us a little step forward toward understanding. And there's value in common ground, too. There, yeah. There's value in, in breaking bread together. There's also value, however, in finding that common ground. I love it when a red hat says to me, immigration, uh, the border, because I, the first thing I say to him is, oh, yeah, oh, it's terrible. It's, uh, yeah. it's, you know, we should do something about that. What do you think we should do? And, and they try to put it off on Biden. And I said, no, no, neither side has really tackled this yet. Mm-hmm. Both sides need to get together and solve this problem. And what I try to assure them of is Democrats are just as unhappy with our screwed up border laws, our screwed up immigration laws as Republicans are. Maybe sometimes for the different reasons, but what we all agree on is it needs fixing. So there's a commonality there that I think you could build on too. Yes, I totally agree. All right, more to come on the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page. Uh, Uh There's a big shakeup on Fox News primetime. There's someone permanent taking over the 8 p.m. slot, and I called it. I predicted who it was going to be. I remember. And that's who it's going to be. Yep. (laughs) And it's as bad as you think it may be. So we're going to talk about it. And and on on a related subject, I have breaking news about a subject that I personally don't care about, but I can tell you who the next host of Wheel of Fortune is going to be. All right. We'll see you there. Take care, folks. (laughs) Bye-bye.